to the Content That Grows podcast. I'm excited to be sitting down again today with my co-founder of 10Speed, Kevin King. How's it going, Kevin? Doing well, Nate. How are you? I am also doing well. Um, it's been a while since you and I have had a ch- chance to, to sit down, but uh, we wanted to get together on this topic, um, something that's been you know, a, a passionate point, I think, for both of us, uh, especially given some of our, our backgrounds in SaaS. Um, and, uh, just, you know, various things that we've encountered a few years into running 10 speed is just, um, some of the, the ways that, uh, content teams or, or content leaders, um, can kind of take things, uh, away from the original intent, which is to, you know, impact the business and, and grow the company, you know, drive results. Um, and so we're going to kind of just dive in today into some of the challenges there, uh, we just uh, released um, a newsletter uh, on Substack uh, with as kind of a, a marketing leader's guide. Uh, so getting a, a bit more to the tactical side of that. So definitely would would recommend checking that out as a complement to this episode, um, where uh, kind of lay out like some of the ways that marketing leaders can make sure they're keeping content teams aligned with business impact. Uh, but today, I just want to kind of you know expand the conversation a bit, um, talk through some of the the key areas where we see challenges. Um, so I think, you know, just getting started, like um, where we really, um, on the 10 speed side anyway, just run into issues are um, when we're kind of collaborating with, with teams and uh, they just have like really, really lengthy uh, review processes and wanna have, you know, four or five different people from different departments that are reviewing um, and you know, vague quality metrics and, you know, just a few different things that really um, can kind of take things away from what you're trying to do ultimately with the investment is, you know, grow the company, grow awareness, uh, you know, grow leads, grow revenue, kind of all of those, those things. So um, that's just kind of where we want to dig in and, and uh, talk about that today. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that ultimately happens or that we like encounter with I guess, ultimately unattainable quality, um, I guess, how you put it, um, or what what would be the perception of like a specific type of quality um, is ultimately like workflows and bottlenecks, right? Like there there seems to be a, um, a, a misalignment with ultimately what the goals are of business. So we, you know, start to create content or a team starts to create content and then all of a sudden, we don't get anywhere because things have to get reviewed. There's, you know, multiple touch points, bottlenecks, ultimately, that now we can't get things out the door. And, and um, I think that that's one of the biggest probably challenges that we see. Um, and then we're starting to have to wrangle in uh, an understanding of what the quality that we're trying to actually achieve is. So I would say that seems to be one of the more consistent things. And we've gotten pretty good at like, you know, bridging the gap between, um, uh, you know, what what we're trying to do with, qual- like achieve with quality. But I th- I'd say that that's probably the biggest thing. And there's a few other things that probably play into it. I'm curious though, like your yeah. thoughts, because that's a broad, or probably obvious generalization maybe, that, that like it's just bottlenecks and, and not getting stuff out the door. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, first I want to be clear, like this is not just, 
you know, an agency thing because we, uh, I certainly, you know, had various challenges, you know, here and there um, in my time at Sprout and then also even in consulting and kind of helping um, scale up the, the program a bit for other folks too. Uh, and we're also not just talking about blog content here as well. So um, two clarifications there, but I think one thing that, that kind of maybe straddles both um, of the things we've talked about so far of like multiple people getting involved in the workflows and then also um, just sort of the vague quality metrics is there's uh, can be a tendency if, if there's not intentionality, the content team or content leader not really being clear and controlling who's involved, making sure they understand what's going on. Uh, I think what, what can often happen is someone wants, you know, well, we should have so-and-so review these too, or, you know, or, or be involved in this video script or whatever. And then you, that person gets pulled in, but is not given the context of why this is happening, what the objectives are, uh, what we're trying to do for the business. And then therefore kind of put in their own ideas without, you know, without that, uh, North star, I guess, to look at and say, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And is my feedback helping that? It's just like, well, here's my feedback. Here's what you do. And then when you potentially have that happen three or four different times, and if you are talking about something like blog posts, where you're now talking about that happening multiple times per month um, across multiple people, it just really gets sideways quickly. And, and you start to say, well, what is this? Are we just like accommodating everyone's opinions and preferences? Uh, or are we all working towards something for the business? Yeah, I think what's what's interesting about that, it, it comes down to alignment um, and getting the right people involved from the beginning, right? Like, so like if you have someone who needs to review a piece of content, and I think what you're speaking to, we've, we tend to encounter that, at least in our experience, but I'd say it also probably happens in-house is that like, you know, you create something, again, doesn't have to be a piece of blog content, it could be anything, that then someone maybe goes, oh, this person should look at this. And they haven't been involved mm -hmm. in the process up until that point. So then mm -hmm. to your point, they come at it from a different angle. And I would say probably more often than not, they'll like ask some broad question that sets you guys back a ton, which is just like, well, why does this even yeah. exist? <laughs> why are we creating yeah. this piece of yeah. content? And it can be really obvious, but to some extent, but like, since they're so disconnected, it becomes a major challenge that like, now you've taken a bunch of steps backwards. So that's, that's probably a common challenge as it pertains to all of this, when it comes to review feedback and even approval on a individual piece of content, let alone the strategy. Yeah. And I think that for me, like, what it all comes down to is the core, no business is out there. Well, I can't, maybe I can't say no business. There's a going to be a very, very small percentage of businesses that are saying, you know what? We just want to create content to create content. Like it doesn't matter what it does, how it's aligned, if it even makes sense for our business to do it. Like we just want to do it. I really don't right. think that's the case. And we know because we have a lot of these conversations and we help marketing leaders understand um, the investment case or they you know, are showing us their investment case 
to the CEO or to the board or whatever, like there is an investment case being made and someone somewhere says, we want to, you know, have this much budget to hire in house or agency or both. And this is what we want to do. And this is what we expect it to do for the business. And I think that there's that that information is not being shared or kept in front of content teams enough or um, content teams are being allowed to just go without uh, objectives. And I think that um, that's where you really run into problems is like uh, if it's not staying on track and being held accountable in a way that aligns with what the investment case was or you're just generally the the long-term business case, then it's pretty much set up to fail and opens the door for what we were just saying with opinions and, and all of that stuff. So um, I think that kind of gets at the heart of, of a lot of it. Um, and then I have some other thoughts around you know, the acquisition side uh, as well that we can get to in a minute. Well, yeah, and I, I think this is related, but ultimately the investment case, the business case, the objectives that like the team or business are trying to, um, you know, accomplish. Hopefully I can put this the right way, but they're tied to, there's ways to accomplish that with like fundamental, I think, content strategy within like B2B SaaS. And um, I think a lot of times some of the misalignment that we see from like a quality perspective is, you know, we, we speak a lot and we, work with clients a lot on middle of funnel content, right? Um, and that's stuff that really can influence, uh, you know, conversions or have a, a higher um, probability to influence things further down the funnel and impact the business. But ultimately then I think where there's sometimes is a disconnect in quality, which is hard to like kind of describe, but they'll come in and be like, well, I, I really thought we were going to be doing more like thought leadership to push the business forward. And this doesn't seem to map to that, right? Where like all these things can exist and there's a level of quality across all of them. But it, my point in all this is ultimately like getting people aligned to the objectives of the of the business and ultimately what the program should be um, and making sure everybody's aligned to tie it to what you're saying. You're saying just like, we need to, there's, there's goals here, right? Um, we just have to prioritize what, where content should be falling within that. And then, then we can start to have a conversation around quality and what the angle should be, where the perspective should be and all that. But, um, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like the, especially in B2B SaaS, 2022, 2023, and it's trickling over into 2024, significant number of layoffs, budget cuts, you know, the, the funding outlook for, especially for later stage, but even just generally, uh, how the world of VC is changing that like the entire ecosystem has shifted from growth at all costs to, you know, efficient growth and a lot of companies focusing on getting to profitability and, you cannot be working in B2B SaaS or just B2B content marketing and not understand that in some way your job is tied to impacting the growth of the business in a profitable way. And I think that that's the piece that is getting lost. And, you know, the quality aspect where you 
you know, we run into, well, it needs to be X quality, you know, and, and again, we say this all the time, we are always erring on the side of quality. Um, like that is not something that we um, scoff at or anything, but it's when quality it has to go beyond the necessary point for business impact, uh, it becomes personal preference. Um, you know, when when you say, totally. oh, this is, like if you were to look at it and say, this is the mark that it needs to be to drive business impact. And if you're saying, we wanna go, you know, whatever, two or three, four times um, past that, then you're, that's like diminishing returns on your time and the money invested and everything. And I think that's the piece that just keeps getting missed um, and that we're seeing across a lot of, of B2B content um, in general is just this desire to build something that's gonna promote a portfolio or build up your personal brand um, and losing sight of, of what's really happening uh, in the business, what you're there to do and, and why it matters. Yeah, and the thing that I think more what needs to happen more often is the challenging of those personal preferences to some extent, even internally too, right? Because there's a lot of people yeah, who are, absolutely. you know, experts at their craft, especially in content marketing, who work with tons of great marketers who do have like a good personal preference that I think even our team our team agrees with, or like you would agree that our this right uh, that um, sorry contributes to a um, uh, a good uh, end product. But at some point you can ask the question of like, can you measure some of those things if it's adding an additional like extra three to four to five steps to get it out the door and yeah. all that. Um, and I, there is no like good answer for it. I don't think anybody really would um, if we did push back in, a more, in more ways. Um, because I think ultimately there would be a bit more efficiency and there would probably be a little bit more output. Not that this is all about like volume of output or anything, but I think that that's where oh, the missing yeah. piece is, is yeah, absolutely. how does this impact and, and how can you measure it? Yeah. Yeah. And there's even um, like a, a very simple thing is just being held to a standard of, of execution or output. Um, yeah. I worked with like when consulting and just a number of, of different companies, like, you know, what's, what's your goal? What do you, what's your output for the content team per month? You know, and it's like, oh, we don't really have one. Okay, and it's like, okay, let's map out what you've, you know, blog posts you've published or anything else you've put out. Just kind of combine it all together and you look and it's like, you know, two, one, six, one, three, and it's extremely inconsistent. And so at the bare minimum, you know, be held to, uh, you know, an output. I mean, you have sales reps that are held to, you know, touches and you know all kinds of uh you know activity metrics and there's all kinds of things uh on the product side and engineering and and all of that stuff and so it's not unrealistic to expect a content team to be held to even just sort of an output and consistency and execution and then you know add to that like when you are you know leading growth leading acquisition uh like great you cool
cool. Go content. Go meet like for an hour to talk about whether or not we should use an Oxford comma. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna just you know keep focusing on like hitting the numbers and driving growth. And I can guarantee you that that does not matter. Uh, it does not matter. And like Jacob Rudnick, you know, at Active Campaign, he was one of the the guests on the show, and um, he talked about that as well. Like. He's like, I probably should have better, you know, a better process for quality standards, but like, it, you know, it's just about performance and, and like, um, and driving it forward and we can always go back and make it better. And that's, I think the mindset that's needed in, in B2B content moving forward. And I think that it's grossly lacking, uh, in a lot of places. Yeah, absolutely. In, again, I think there's something to be set around like trying to implement new ways to make sure everyone can stay focused on the objectives. So like, you know, creating a process for QA is important, right? That can keep you from like hopefully staying in bounds and getting things out the door to a certain threshold that everyone agrees on. Um, but everyone's going to kind of veer off sometimes, right? And go like, oh, well, overanalyze and get into this like paralysis anal or analysis paralysis analysis analysis paralysis when it comes to like, is this, you know, subjectively where we want it to be? And I think at some point you need to kind of go outward and look at like, well, and this is probably controversial because you shouldn't compare yourself to competitors, but like, if you know that there are people like businesses in your space that you're competing against that are winning, because most companies do have like a pretty good handle on that if they know the competitive space and your marketing efforts are being outpaced by that. And then at some point you've got to go like, all right, are we just holding ourselves back? And like, that should almost be part of the, like look back on a quarter or a month. Right. Because at some point, if things aren't getting out the door, there's gotta be other ways to do that. So I think that like, that can be another way to make sure that people stay focused to like, your point on the things that matter and not and, and also like anchor yourselves to the process you put in place to do that um but just keep people focused in the right areas one of the things kind of going back to earlier like there's when you think about the quality metric and like how you're impacting you know brand perception and how people feel about you there more often than not is going to be a better brand experience of, you know, a positive interaction that, you know, builds trust and all that when you have something that, that helps someone do their job, solve a problem, any of that stuff, um, more so than, you know, again, like if you use an Oxford comma or how something is styled or, um, you know, if it was like, to a T exactly, you know, the wording, um, that you would, you would want to use like that stuff. I mean, we know people skim blog posts, they read headers, they like, they move quickly. They just want to solve their problems. They just want to figure out how to do something. And it is going to be a better brand interaction. So like, it's, I think a lot of times you get tied up where it's like, oh, well quality. And some of these things are about like, our, how our brand is appearing and like what it you know is showing to people and it's like no it's like man i freaking love this company because i had this thing i went to their site i figured it out like they answered it directly i moved on like yeah could you even tell me 
two brands that use Oxford comma and two that don't. And like, and I, like, I personally do have strong opinions on like the Oxford comma. Like, it's not that I don't, you know, but like, it is so far removed from what's necessary. It's like one of the things that we put in the newsletter guide was like, have your content team talk to other teams in the company, yeah. like have them talk to sales, have them talk to customer success, su customer success, have them talk to customer support, like these different folks, because one, like sales and probably customer success, they're going to be extremely blunt. They're going to tell you like, that's fine. Like, I just need this. Like this keeps coming up in every conversation. If we had the sales enablement collateral, it would close. And if they're blunt enough, they'll also tell you like, I would have, you know, hit or exceeded quota the last two months or last two quarters or whatever. If I had, like, I think this would have pushed these deals over and like, you're, it's literally costing us revenue. And so like, don't turn this into a, a six month thing with multiple kickoffs and stakeholders and everything. Like, get it out the door, get it going because they need it. And similarly, like customer support is going to be pretty direct on how people are using the product. What do they need? Like get you out of your own head of like what content should be and like your own preferences and creative ideas and, and you deciding what is needed. Like let the voice of the customer come through those teams, let, you know, figure it out and, and understand just the urgency and like, Oh, we're getting 40 support tickets a day. If we had this, like we could be helping, we could be a better experience for people. Like this is all ways you can impact the business with, you know, video content or blog content or knowledge center or any of that stuff. So, um, I just think it's, it's really, um, a disservice when, when the content team kind of gets, uh, allowed to be, you know, off in an Island of it and, and gets disconnected from what's really needed in the business. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about quality and even like filling those gaps for the rest of the company from a content perspective is because I think this gets these things get conflated, which is ultimately, um, let's just say, topic selection and the actual output, because I think sometimes there are things that you need to create. Again, it can be in any format that solidify yourself and your brand and your product and everything as a domain expert, right? And build your authority around a, a specific thing. Yep. And your competitors or the space might have already talked about that thing, right? So ultimately, people get afraid. They're like, oh, we're, why would we want to? Everyone's talking about that. Why would we want to talk about that? Right. And how can we differentiate? Well, that's where ultimately the quality can get impacted is, is like you should talk about these things that um, others are talking about because you should solidify that domain expertise. Your sales team, your CS team and all of them are actually going to want to use that piece versus someone else's piece. Right. Like it's more powerful for them to like for you to have something on the same subject that others do um, um, and come from your brand and your voice. It's just focus on how to make sure it speaks to your audience. Yeah. Like, does it actually fulfill the promise that it sets out to from like a topic perspective, right? Are you answering a question or are you, you know, giving them a resource to go take action? And then like, what can you do to differentiate, right? Like there's going to be some stuff that you can pepper in there. Everyone should have a, if you don't, if you can't do any sort of differentiation from um, on a topic that others have spoken about, there's probably some 
aspect of the business that probably is not working or something. You got to question something there. I know that's a, a big swing there, but that, that I think what you're bringing up is really important is, is like the rest of the company would benefit from specific pieces of content. Um, and I think uh, ultimately uh, there's has resistance sometimes with even in the marketing org or leadership to go after that type of stuff because it looks it, like it might be something that someone else has created. I know I took that in a different direction, but <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's important. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, I think the last thing, I think it's the last thing I want to say on this point, maybe not, um, <laughs> is again, to that end and what I mentioned before about like talking with sales and all stuff like this is not, I'm not saying content teams should just be driving leads and revenue. Like that's not the, the sole metric there. Um, and, but what I am saying is like, you know, if there's this, you know, robust piece you want to do because you want to do it, but there's like other parts of the business who would really benefit from like, doing the case study, doing the sales enablement collateral, like doing some of these core topics that come up in sales conversations and customer support or whatever. Those are things that impact the business, not to mention all the other stuff we talked about, which is solving people's problems that build brand awareness, they build trust, they you know increase conversion, they do drive leads and revenue. Like it spans the entire funnel, it spans the customer journey, Content, you know, is part of all of that, and it just cannot be disconnected from from where the business is trying to go. Totally, um, and I think, which maybe kind of shifts it the conversation a little bit, but I think it just means when you zoom back out from like a strategic perspective that um, you shouldn't build your plan. I mean, this sounds so cliche, but you shouldn't build them in a silo. And everyone yeah. should have some input, which ultimately gets you aligned to the business a lot stronger because you've taken that into consideration. I mean, it's it's similar in how we work with clients. We like are, you know, they hire us to fulfill a specific service from a content perspective and marketing perspective. But it's not only us that goes like, this is fully what you need to do. We take so much input and collaborate with them. And I know that's working with marketers, but there's other parts of the business that are involved in that too. We have product marketers. We have, you know, sometimes support people, people, salespeople, and um, that's going to make it aligned from the beginning. Um, and it's such a critical step. I know, I'm, yeah. I know plenty of companies that are still not doing that to the level that they should be. Yeah. And it's in, a, in the case of clients, I think one of the most common things is that, we're coming in and, and taking over a part that we have deep expertise in that there's a lot of work that goes into it to free up a good amount of bandwidth for the in-house team to focus in those other areas. Like they should certainly be the ones, you know, creating case studies and sales enablement and other types of content that are, you know, even, even more closely connected to in-house stuff and in-house teams and and you know let us um you know tie in with the brand and, and tie in with the plan and, and build what we build um but do it in a way that creates space for them to actually go do even more of those things um yeah certainly certainly helps yeah and i think to make it really stick you can i think it's really important that 
you know, that input isn't just taken from the beginning and just like then never spoken about again. It's like, I think you can reinforce and keep the business really aligned by um, sharing your reporting as you go, right? Like keep everybody up to date, like cross-functionally around like the progress of all these things. Um, yeah. And then I think what's really important. Do reporting at all. There's definitely content <laughs> teams that don't yeah. have to do reporting at all. Right, for sure. And then yep. get get feedback too. Like, I think that that's critical. Being open to feedback, that's kind of maybe controversial across functionally, but like work with the teams, share the progress, get the feedback, incorporate that, optimize, kind of repeat from there. Um, because it'll make sure that you are filling the gaps. Everything ties together in a way that makes sense. I know it sounds, I'm making it sound probably easier than it is, but I think that that's important. And um and ultimately, if you're not getting feedback, that creates a whole other bunch of, bunch of challenges. But I think, like, no matter what, you yep. as a content team or anything can then point back to, hey, we're, we're, we're working together, we're collaborating, we're creating reporting, we're sharing results, and we're getting feedback. And if, if that's not working, again, then there's probably a bigger picture issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so to wrap up this topic, uh, again, definitely check out um, – newsletter.tenspeed.io um, find the marketing leader's guide to um, getting your content team aligned uh, with business impact and I think you know just to kind of summarize a few of the things we talked about um, you know as Kevin just said like the the alignment and reporting and you know communicating across the organization is important um, you know for marketing leaders making sure that the um, the content team is not, you know, out on a silo. The planning is definitely integrated and tied to. Um, they're being given clear objectives to tie it to. Uh, understanding, you know, how and where they're impacting the business. Not letting personal preference come in. Not letting process creep up and and slow things down and um, you know add too many cooks in the kitchen. All these things uh, really just just adding up to make sure that. Um, that B2B content marketing, you know, in 2024 and beyond can be efficient, effective, driving the organization forward in a number of areas uh, and helping the, the business continue to, to march towards, um, you know, being profitable or at least, you know, efficient um, and, and not just a, you know, creative cost center. Agreed. So, yeah. All right. Um, We'll wrap it up with that. Um, visit tenspeed.io slash podcast uh, for all um, past episodes. Uh, and in the future, check those out as well. Um, and uh, be sure to like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. All right. Thanks a lot. See you, Kevin. Thank you. See you soon, Nate. <laughs>